Hello and welcome to episode three. We are launching a new business in Asheville mini season, in case you missed the last couple episodes. We're helping to launch a new business in town called South Slow Pilates and All Things Wellness. And we've been charged with helping to deliver the brand, the launch strategy, the marketing plan, and we're bringing you along for the ride. It's been a long-stated goal here at Making It in Asheville to share some of the many ways of making it in Asheville by sitting down with Asheville entrepreneurs, small business owners, and community leaders and asking them what they are making and how they are making it in Asheville. The goal of this mini-season is a little bit different. We're here to share you know, a day-one view of a Asheville business with hopes of inspiring other entrepreneurs to take the leap and for you know established businesses to consider some of the questions or some of the um, processes that we're using here or sharing here in their own businesses. And so over the last few weeks, we've laid out a framework that we're using for this particular season that follows uh, Simon Sinek's Start With Why. And so I've gone over this over the last couple episodes, but in short, it is a concentric circle-based philosophy that says the core is why, middle layer is how, outer layer is what, and businesses, when particularly communicating and marketing a business, uh, being able to share a why is essential. Knowing and defining hows and whats that support the why or are informed by the why is also um let's just say a massive difference maker, if not also critically important when uh, trying to build a sustainable and successful business. And so a, a why is, you know, in short, what's your reason for existing? A how is how do you operate? What sets you apart? What is, what do you create? And when thinking about a why, you can think about a vision statement. You can think about a belief that this particular business has that maybe others don't. Hows then can be informed by the why um, and can be considered a mission statement or, you know, the way that you specifically do what it is that you do. And then what's, what's are the product? What's are the processes that you end up, you know, in the end delivering to your customers? And so then, you know, getting right into it, I think when thinking about what's in a business, the what's that you do, We've said it before, is most people think what first and and why last. And so we've gone over that over the last couple episodes. Please go back and check out the, the last two if you're interested there. But today we're, we're looking at what's. And when I think about what, the number one concept here is that we want to name a what and not necessarily describe it. And so thinking about naming versus describing, you might think about Kleenex, right? It's a brand name, but a Kleenex now is a name. And it, it to me, it means more than just facial tissue. Kleenex can do a lot of things. But when, I, when I think about facial tissues, I think about Kleenex because there's a name there. Um, same for Q-tip versus a cotton swab, Advil versus ibuprofen. And when, when thinking about naming your product or your business or the services you provide, um, yeah, you have to think about the customer and the market. And so I think of 
this clear bottled hot sauce. It's got a white rooster on it. The hot sauce is sriracha. I don't, didn't know the name of that brand. I couldn't ask for that specifically. I could perhaps describe it, right? Sriracha is a typical hot sauce from the Philippines. Sriracha is not a name. Mayonnaise is not a name. Ketchup is not a name. Mustard is not a name. Uh, Dukes is a name. Heinz is a name. Grey Poupon is a is a name, right? And they they have mustards, they have mayos, they have ketchups. Truff is this hot sauce that's come out and has been absolutely on fire. Truff has truffle infused hot sauce. To own a market like Hoi Fong Foods Sriracha owns, right? It owns that product category, but can't really be asked for specifically, um, I think is a failure. And so there's, you know, some nuance here because it's a um, it's a non-English name of a business. And, you know, I, I think of maybe some Italian brands that have non-English names and how that sort of still works in my brain. And so uh, I only use Hoi Fong Foods and their Sriracha as, a, as an attempt to illustrate a point that Duke's doesn't necessarily name mayonnaise something different when they sell mayonnaise, but you can think Duke's, you can ask for Duke's when we create whatever our product is, if it fits in a category that already exists, let's think about giving it a new type of name, right? Hot sauce is already a thing. Truffle infused hot sauce might've been a thing. Truff is a great name and we can ask for it specifically. I, I think back to very early days of uh, entrepreneurship for me, I worked with a company called Wolico and they were launching the first ever compression short with a sweat proof pocket on the market. And that's how they wanted to talk about their product. It was the first ever compression short with a sweat proof pocket. And I said, guys, we got to name this thing. Those are all features, right? There's no, uh, there's nothing here that is differentiated. There's nothing here that someone can grab onto and talk about specifically. And so years later, and you know, even then, it was that short became called the the Northmore short, and it's the core product at Wolico these days. Um, and while people may or may not, all these years later, specifically ask for Northmore shorts, uh, it created this new. Uh, product category and it could be specifically asked for as opposed to uh, to have you heard of a compression short with a sweatproof pocket so all right let's say you're not selling a specific product you're selling a service the same is true we want to we want to name services we don't just want to describe the service and so when thinking about naming a service we might think about an acronym or a framework or a formula, right? And so um, if you're a service business that helps customers to understand what their, what their customers think, you might have a RACS process, which is uh, an acronym for Rapid Acquisition of Customer Sentiment, right? You have a RACS process. It's proprietary. It has a name. It is differentiated. There are no other businesses that offer this specific service You've named it, you've differentiated. Ryan Levesque uh, has written a book called 
ask. And he, years before that book came out, defined a formula, which he called the ask formula. Other people might have said, hey, survey your audience. But he created the ask formula. Surveying your audience is not new. This name was, right? Uh, just before the pandemic happened in town, I, I went to a, uh, a marketing conference and one of the speakers had, and I'm looking at the book right now, uh, had the content fuel f- framework. She created a framework. Also, as a uh, benefit, her, her last name is Diesel. And so the fuel fa- framework is particularly memorable because diesel is a type of fuel. And so uh, there are other entrepreneurs or marketing uh, leaders who have uh, ways for us to think about how to come up with unlimited content ideas. She has a framework. It's the fuel framework. Um, And so by naming what you do, you are differentiating in a way that can't be done if your name is consistent with the rest of the industry. If your name is describing what you do versus uh, you know, planting a flag and saying this particular thing only we do. And so you even see that, you know, we're launching a Pilates studio, South Slope Pilates. Uh, is launching a, a Pilates studio, and Capital P Pilates is a known entity, and their product is a reformer. And so South Slope Pilates is using Legree Fitness machines, and Legree Fitness is a known entity, and those machines can't be called reformers, so they're not. They're called, you know, they're, I have a bunch of different names, but we are using Mini Former Pros. Uh, it's common that you'll see like a Mega Former, but reformer is an owned probably trademark that Pilates has that can't be used by other brands. And so you have to differentiate in the case of Legree Fitness, in the case of South Slope Pilates, uh, you can't necessarily use the word reformer unless that's specifically what you're, what you're doing. And so it is, it's common. You see this all over the place that naming needs to be specific. Uh, otherwise, you can get kind of lost or um, hidden by other brands. And so there's a book that I do recommend. It's called The 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing. Subtitle, Violate Them at Your Own Risk. And one of the laws is this idea of the law of exclusivity. And it argues that no two companies can own the same word in a customer's mind. And uh, in this particular chapter, it's a, it's a great book. It's a fast read, um, and it's worth kind of turning back to. In this particular chapter, they talk about how DHL and I want to say FedEx can't, couldn't compete on the same concept. So FedEx is, you know, next day arrivals. DHL is worldwide, right? Next day versus worldwide. They, they had to differentiate. Uh, to own unique space in their customers' minds. And it's the same with products, with what you deliver in a product, with what you deliver in a service. When we name our products or our services, we, we need to consider 
how we want to own unique space in our customers' minds. When you do that, and when you have space uh, that is unique, a what that is unique, that is informed by your why and your how, you can own space in your customers' minds. And when you own space in your customers' minds, you have a brand. And that makes me think of a Seth Godin quote. He was being interviewed, um, and he, he was talking about the difference between a logo and a brand. And this is a quote. He said, if Nike opened a hotel, I think we would be able to guess pretty accurately what it would be like. If Hyatt were to come out with a sneaker, we'd have no clue because Hyatt doesn't have a brand. And so we're talking about a couple different layers of things here, uh, but they, I hope, are all tying together in your mind, right? When you have a why, just do it might be their why. It might be, you know, for doers. It might be, um, you know, we're, one of the ways I've heard Nike talked about is uh, to folks who are out 5 a.m. running in the rain in the morning, we're the brand under the street light cheering you on. That's Nike's why, right? We want to support the folks who are out there doing it uh, daily, whatever their what is uh, Nike's why is to support that. How they do it shows up in a bunch of different ways. What they do can then be anything because they've they've built a brand that you can you can differentiate in your mind that owns unique territory in your mind. And with that, they could open a hotel. They could, in theory, open a airline, and it would make sense. You could you could see it in your brain. So what's are downstream from wise knowing your why with respect to your business helps you make choices around the hows and what your business can do and so it's common to see let's say thought leaders or industry experts talk about how to do insert whatever important trade craft thing they do or uh or what products are selling the hottest and what uh, solutions you need to add to your marketing business. Uh, and those might all be true, but only if they align with your why, right? Uh, it, uh, it might be true that, uh, that liposuction is having the biggest year it's ever had. Brazilian booty lifts are having, uh, breakout years across the board. But if your studio <laughs> doesn't if the if that doesn't align with your why should you add it to your studio should you add those services and the answer should be no and so again if you haven't listened to the past episodes please go back i'd, I'd love for that context to be added here um, but having a why informs how you do what you do having how you do what you do allows you to do many things and so I think of a local business like East Fork that's done an exceptional job of building a brand and communicating their ethos around why 
And when you hop into East Fork or you visit the website, you might realize, oh man, there's more here than just clay dishes and pots. They have a curated selection of tin fishes and other beautiful non-pottery products, and it makes perfect sense. They can make an apron, and you go, yeah, obviously. And I have a sense of how they made that apron, of the choices they made to create that apron. What's become less important when you have a why and you have you know, communicated and um, validated the ways that you go about doing what you do, how you do what you do. Um, and so... As a, as a point here to think about when thinking about what's, I think uh, it's common. We talk about what's. What's are you know, front and center and often traditionally or commonly buried. And when I think about a, I'll say a platform that focuses disproportionately on what's, I think about the TV show, you know, Shark Tank, right? I think of um, the idea is that you're, you're up there and you're pitching a product um, into in, in front of investors, and um, that show is almost entirely focused on what's. But it, I mean, if you look closely, if you pay attention, you'll you'll notice that the companies that do the best typically are able to to sneak their why and sneak a little bit of how they do things uh, into their messaging as well. And so, um, you know, we could <laughs> we could do an episode on how to make a compelling. Uh, investment pitch, but we'll, we'll save that for another day. Um, today we're talking about what, and so when thinking about what's on Shark Tank, you you see this all the time, and it kind of it supports what we're talking about here. But um, the the investors, the sharks, are always asking: Is there something proprietary here? Is there some sort of IP? Is there a system? Is there are there patents that you have that others don't? Or is there a way that you can, uh, you know, tell prove that you will be able to defend against other folks doing what it is that you do? Mister Wonderful likes to say things like, uh, "What's going to stop insert you know the big brand in this space from doing the exact same thing?" And I, I think that if you were paying attention on these last couple episodes, um, you should be able to tie together what we've talked about uh, to if you're ever on Shark Tank to you know, defend against that line of questioning. Um, when it's time for you to pitch, you, you would be just fine on, on that show. But the key here is, well, they can't. If they, if they want to compete, they could, but we're not in the business of, you know, racing down market to be the cheapest, right? We're in the business of creating a brand that that speaks deeply to our ideal customer sets. And so, you know, at South Slope Pilates, we're looking across the market and we're hoping to create a space that is going to feel differentiated to you, right? We know that there's going to be a lot of, um, you know, alternatives for our customers. And so we aim to have a why that that you can see, that you can feel that, should speak to you and, and that why will inform how we do what we do and you know the what's that will evolve as the business grows um, should all you know tie together and be informed by this why and so 
you know, we believe that wellness is really a cornerstone of a thriving community. And we aim in Asheville to become a major hub of the wellness community. So we want to be the hub for the center of the community at large. Um, and we want to create an environment that welcomes all and supports their thriving. So today we're offering, you know, Pilates centric group training and we're building a collective of complementary service providers. And that's, you know, just the beginning. That's just day one. And so our what's can evolve over time. It might include, um, you know, parent and me offerings for midday support. It might include non-Pilates-based training and, and activities in our studio. And all of those what's uh, should come as no surprise. Should you should If we do our jobs right, you should have a sense of how those will look, how those will feel, um, how you will look and how you will feel when you are a part of our uh, community. So South Slope Pilates, the what there is a moving target. Who our uh, collective ends up growing into will evolve you know, quarter by quarter and, and year by year, uh, but none of it should feel like a surprise. Like Nike, this is an aspirational statement, but like Nike, as we add new what's, the, the target is that they will make sense to you because you understand what we're about. So to spin this into your world, when you have a clear why, when you've created a what that is differentiated, and when you have a how that builds alignment between your why and your what's, you don't need to be the cheapest solution, right? Thinking back to Mr. Wonderful, what's going to stop Walmart from doing the same thing, right? Uh, you don't need to become the cheapest. You don't need to race to the bottom in terms of pricing, right? Because customers are no longer looking for some commodity. They're not looking for uh, ketchup. They're looking for Heinz. They're not looking for Sriracha. They're looking for your specific Sriracha. They're looking for Truff, right? Um, they're looking for you. And so racing to the bottom is always a bad idea. Com competing on price is always a bad idea, even if you're, you know, Walmart, right? Uh, and even still, because they're getting outcompeted by, you know, dollar stores now and Dollar General. So if pricing and going down on pricing is not an option, then you need to go up on brand. You need to go up on differentiation. You need to own a unique space in your client's mind. And a way to do that is to start with a why. You know, think about and let that why inform your hows and your what's can change and your what's don't need to be the cheapest. So, uh, so that's, that's the three part series on why, how, and what and next week we're going to dive into, you know, the, the theory and the process and the plan of attack and all of the different steps we took when starting you know, to build an infrastructure of a business because that is an essential part of the behind the scenes here. Um, but if you're interested in hearing more about South Slope Pilates and all things wellness, uh, please follow along with the story. You'll see some at makingitinashville.com. Um, otherwise, visit South Slope, South Slope Pilates.com or follow South Slope Pilates on 
Instagram. Next week, again, we're going into some of the blocking and tackling that we did over the last month to set up the infrastructure for a new business. Um, please know that making it in Asheville and South Slope Pilates are hiring. So uh, we are looking for teachers. Uh, we are looking for uh, staff generally, whether that's uh, front of house or, or you know, operations support. And um, we're looking for collaborations. We're looking for partners. We're looking for folks to um, to be a part of our wellness collective. And so if you're uh, interested in being a part of what we're building here, please reach out info at southslopepilates.com. Until the next episode, be well and take care of each other.